I'm very pleased to welcome you all to the North Carolina College. As I found very yet, so we'll show uh, later on. But um, we've got a couple of short talks that um, we'll do this afternoon. And you're attending uh, with Samu Bujani, present, who's a research fellow here at the uh, uh, college. Uh, he just finished his PhD at SOAS, in the fifth of Ibn Arabi. So it's a lot of work on the Sufism of Ibn Arabi. But, um, Samir was looking at reviewing the fifth approach of Ibn Arabi and then making some historical connections as well. And this year, while he's research fellow, he's developing that work and preparing it for a manuscript form. So, the reason why we have research fellows here is that we have the Darwin students who come from Darwin's and do the diploma course, but we have one or two research fellows as well to show them what it's like to be an academic in the area of science studies so that they can engage with somebody working on some other university environment. So that's very helpful that over lunch they end up in lots of debates and discussions about various aspects and uh, I'm sure they enjoy the college to see how they are. He's going to speak to you about uh, dreams um, uh, in Islam and uh, I'll uh, come over to you in Islam. Assalamu alaikum everyone. So like Dr. Atta said, uh, my name is Samir and I'm a research fellow here. And uh, as he uh, said, my, this is not my topic of research, so I don't research uh, dreams much, though it comes into my research a little bit. Um, my, my research is, is more on legal theory. Uh, so I'm studying a number of key figures who have a novel approach to fit. Um, the, the most famous of whom is Ibn Arabi. And, uh, but I, I, so I chose this, uh, I chose this topic uh, for a uh, couple of reasons, um, and before I start, I also want to say I don't interpret dreams. <laughs> a lot of people uh, want to ask me to interpret dreams, so no, uh, I, I have no ability or knowledge in that. There's good money in that. Yeah, yeah, there's good money in that. Yeah, but uh, so but I'm going to talk about how I I can tell you how it's important in Islam and the role that it has played in Islam, but I can't tell you. I'm not a dream interpreter. So, uh, the reason um, I think it's I think it's important for me personally. Dreams have always um, played an important role in my life. I think that they're um, of importance. Also, like I said, they do pop in uh, into my research into uh, different approaches to knowledge in Islam, knowledge of the Sharia, knowledge of fiqh, uh, knowledge of right and wrong. And also, um, for me personally, I see that uh, that Prophet ﷺ told us that as the time, the end times come nearer, as the time, as the world draws to towards its end, dreams will will be of more importance. They will play more more significant role in the life of the individual as an individual. Um, and uh, so I'll come, and that, that's one reason that I thought, uh, and the reason behind that I will explain, and I will explain why I think, you know, I find that relevant today. Um, so, where I would like to start is with a hadith uh, narrated in Sahih Muslim by uh, Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu, who said that Abu, after the passing of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to that life in, in, in the other realm, in the barzakh, Abu Bakr and Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, went, said to each other, let us go and visit Umm Ayman, the way that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to visit her. 
and she's the one who raised him وسلم, and she outlived him and uh, he used to always go and visit her so after he died Abu Bakr and Umar wanted to go visit her and when they visited her she cried and cried and cried and they said to her why do you cry when what Allah has now for Rasulullah is better for him he, he, he has only moved on to something better and she said I'm not I know that Allah, what Allah has given him وسلم, is better. I only cry that revelation has now been cut off. And in, in other words, she was saying, I cry for us, not for him. I cry for us now here without his guidance. And revelation doesn't mean only the Quran. Revelation means the inspiration as well to the Prophet in the hadith, in his sunnah, in his actions. So. Uh, so she was crying for, for us without the guidance, the living guidance of the Prophet ﷺ, who whenever there's a new problem you can ask. When you need clarification, you can ask. And uh, that was something of, of, um, that really uh, troubled the Sahaba. That's why also Imam Tirmidhi narrates to us, also from Anas ibn Malik anhu, that after uh, that Rasulullah ﷺ said, prophecy and apostleship or risala and nubuwa and risala have now been cut off. He's talking about the future, uh, meaning after he dies, وسلم, have been cut off. Uh, there will be no prophet and no messenger after me. So Anas bin Malik who said, That was very difficult on the people, that there will be no prophet after him, no living guidance from the heavens. So he وسلم, said to them, but there will be al-mubashirat, glad tidings. They said, Ya Rasulullah, what are the mubashirat? So he وسلم, said, the, the dream of the believer, and it is a portion from the portions of prophecy. So he وسلم, found that they were troubled by that, there's, that he will not be there to guide them anymore. He saw that that is difficult for them. So he said to them, don't worry, they will remain the Mubashirat, the sources of glad tidings. And the scholars say, he وسلم, used an expression of what is Al-Aghlab, the, 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 the majority cases. The dreams are not always sign of good, there also can be a warning of, of bad, of warning to stay away from something that could be harmful. As the prophets have been sent as Mubashirin wa Mundirin, they bring glad tidings and they also give warning. So, um, so he sallallahu alayhi wa and this second part of the main part of the hadith is in Bukhari and Muslim that the Prophet sallallahu said there has only from prophecy there will only one part of it will remain which is Mubashirat and they said Ya Rasulullah what are Mubashirat and he sallallahu alayhi wa said a good dream a righteous dream a dream that heralds good that brings good to the, the one who, see, who sees it and he وسلم, said, as in Bukhari as well, and Muslim, and almost all the hadith books, he وسلم, said, a good dream from a good man, or in another narration of Muslim Bukhari, the, the dream of the believer is one portion out of 46 portions of prophecy. So it is a fraction of prophecy that is accessible that is, uh, will remain. Um, 
What is the wisdom of this fraction? We don't know. It, it is possibly to show that prophecy is far, far greater than uh, simply knowing little things about the future or having um, some uh, dreams in the heart. Some people have noticed something amazing, and I find that everything in, in the seerah of Rasulullah is not by chance. Everything is amazing. Is that he, وسلم, his mission was 23 years. And so uh, the first six months before he received, uh, before he saw Jibreel in the Kaf and received his first Quranic revelation were dreams. So he started out his prophecy as dreams. And Sayyidah Aisha referred to this as prophecy. She said the first um, affair of prophecy for our Messenger وسلم, and this is the very first hadith in Sahih Bukhari after the hadith of intentions is his dreams. So here we already see the importance of dreams in Islam that the very affair of Rasulullah as a prophet began with his dreams. Six months out of 23 years is one out of 46. So that is an amazing uh, thing. Though I wouldn't say that that's the meaning of the hadith, though it is possible, that is what some scholars have said. Though I think it's a, it's an amazing uh, tawfiq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And just as things began with dreams and then progressed for him وسلم, to, to higher and higher levels of inspiration and knowledge, after he وسلم, has gone, now what remains for us is that which with, with which he began, before he became fully a prophet in the sense of receiving Qur'an. So that is what remains. And so dreams are a portion of prophecy. That means they are something immense, something to be not taken lightly, not to be um, played around with and not to be used for making money. So um, Imam Malik was asked, can anyone interpret dreams? And he said, is prophecy something to play around with? So he's saying, this is prophecy, you don't play around with prophecy. So um, it is something immense. And, um, and the indication of its importance is that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam as narrated in multiple, multiple ahadith in Sahih Bukhari that he وسلم, every Fajr, after leaving his congregation in Fajr and doing the afkar of the Salah, would turn around to his Sahaba and say, who, will who has a dream to ask me that I may interpret it for them? So he وسلم, was... And in another hadith in Sahih Bukhari, one other Sahabi, he said that this was a question frequently asked by Rasulullah, not even just after Salah. That something that he وسلم, liked to ask his um, Sahaba and Ibn Arabi who I'm studying he has a his interpretation is that he said that he وسلم, loved to see that portion of prophecy in his ummah he loved to see that he connected his ummah to Allah you know he loved to see that effect in him that I came but you and I, I connected you with Allah you know and, and now you have a connection with Allah Allah can guide us through many ways through inspiration through istikhara, through dreams. So he, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, wanted to see that in his ummah, and so uh, and he wanted also by by doing this um, publicly to teach them dream interpretation. Uh, so dreams are a science that is a prophetic science. We see in the Quran, it is the science of Nabiullah Yusuf alayhi salam. And when he first has his dream, his father is the first one who understands it. 
and understands its significance. And he tells him, don't tell your brothers because they will they would have understood it too and been jealous because they would also grow up to be prophets. But uh, uh, so so he was worried about them understanding and becoming jealous. Um, so so we see dreams being something that is a prophetic science and that he وسلم, taught to his ummah, taught them. And in fact, this uh, I mean. Dream, uh, the, the knowledge of interpreting dreams, they say, happens at a certain level of spirituality when someone attains a certain level of purifying the heart. Uh, Ibn Arabi says that, for example, that just as he وسلم, traveled in the Mi'raj through seven levels and met different prophets, likewise we can have an internal spiritual progress. And so he says, when we reach in the third level, Sayyidina Rasulullah saw Sayyidina Yusuf. So he says, when we like are in three out of seven on our path of spiritual progress, we will receive that knowledge of, of, of understanding symbols and dreams. And that science is mentioned in the Quran with a name, with Sayyidina Yusuf. It's called the science of Ta'wil al-Ahadith. So it's mentioned twice in Surah Yusuf, this expression. The interpretation of Ahadith, things that happens, things that you see. And in fact, he, وسلم, sometimes even in, while he was awake, things that would happen to him, he would interpret them as if there is a deeper symbol. Because he وسلم, saw everything happening in his life as a sign from Allah. Always everything he sees is a sign to him from Allah. And so, um, likewise, in, what you see in a dream is a sign from Allah. And he وسلم, said, a good dream is from Allah and a bad dream is from shaitan. And so, um, so this is a science mentioned in the Quran by name, and this is something that Sayyidina Yusuf, uh, Sayyidina Yaqub, in fact, he said to his son, وَكَذَلِكَ يَجْتَبِيكَ رَبُّكَ وَيُعَلِّمُكَ مِنْ تَأْوِيلِ الْأَحَدِيثِ I might have, um, if that is a, or, or something along those lines. So that I can see that Allah is going to take you to him and teach you the interpretation of dreams. So it is like an indication that Allah is taking him close to him. Some comes, it's attached to that. Allah is going to take you to him, select you, raise you, and teach you the interpretation of dreams. And later he says in the end of the surah, Sayyidina Yusuf, says, he prays and thanks Allah for teaching him that we are the hadith. And so, so dreams are something that are mentioned in the Quran. In fact, they're mentioned in the Quran um, eight, nine, ten times. At least ten times, six times by the name of Ru'ya, twice by the name of Manam, and once by the name of Bishara, Bushra, and twice Ahlam dreams, just normal dreams. That's uh, these two expressions are used by the non-believers, saying, "Oh, these are just dreams." They call them Ahlam, but he, uh, but whenever they they refer to prophets, they refer they're called by Ru'ya, a vision, or Manam, a dream vision, or glad tidings, Bushra. And the, in the in the Quran, they're associated with Nabi Sayyidina Muhammad وسلم, with Sayyidina Yusuf السلام, Sayyidina Ibrahim السلام, and Bishara. Bishara is associated with the awliya in the ayah about the awliya Allah. Um, and in the tafsir, that is explained as usually coming through dreams that they get glad tidings in this world. And Dreams and dream interpretation is mentioned in the hadith, in every single hadith collection. 
in the Muwatta' Bukhari al-Muslim Abu Dawood Tirmidhi Nisa'i Ibn Majah and Al-Hakim to Musadraq every single hadith collection there is a chapter called chapter on dreams or chapter on dream interpretation which is amazing to show and the Abu Dawood for example he designed his book to be a book for mujtahid those who want to do mujtahid in fact so he only had nine hadith in that section but he still felt that he should have a section on that Whereas Imam Bukhari has the largest in his section on dreams, he has 60 hadith. 60 hadith about dreams and dream interpretation in Sahih Bukhari. And, uh, and there, then there's another hadith collection. Uh, there's another hadith, Muhaddith, uh, called Ibn Abi Dunya. Why we don't know him as much is because his style of writing was different. He didn't want to do one big hadith collection. He wrote treatises depending on topic. So a book on um, good character and a, good, a book on certainty and a book on this and a book on that and so he has a book on called the book of dreams in which he narrates um, 344 dreams by the Prophet وسلم, by the Sahaba by the Tabi'in tabi tabi'in and the righteous of the early Ummah uh, 344 narrations and so you see that the early people the early Muslims they really cared about this topic. We see that Rasulullah really cared about this topic. And like I said, dream interpretation can is something that happens naturally to, to certain people, they're gifted with it. But also we have in Islam, uh, our historians like Imam al-Waqfidi, one of the historians of Islam, he tells us that there's also a chain of transmission of this knowledge. You can, it can also be taught. So he tells us that after Rasulullah the greatest interpreter was Sayyidina Abu Bakr. And after Sayyidina Abu Bakr, it was his daughter Asma. Abu Bakr taught it to his daughter Asma. And Asma taught it to the Imam of the Tabi'een in Medina, Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib. He was the Imam of the Tabi'een in his age. And uh, the greatest faqih of Medina and the early Tabi'een. And he learnt it from Asma ibn Abu Bakr. And ibn al-Musayyib taught it to ibn Sirin in Basra. And so ibn Sirin is the most famous. We have Unfortunately, I don't think we have any dream interpretations of Asma preserved. We have of Abu Bakr, we have of many of Ibn al-Musayyib, and we have hundreds attributed to Ibn Sirin. Uh, but, and Ibn Sirin was one of the two Imams of the Basra in the age of Tabi'in in his time, him and Hassan al-Basri. And uh, it's good to know though that the book uh, now known as the Tafsir of Ibn Sirin is not really by him. Ibn Sirin was of those early Salaf who wasn't um, keen on writing things down, writing books. And now it has been proven who, who this book belongs to. So the book of, called the Tafsir ibn Sirin actually goes back to a sheikh called Abu Sa'id al-Kharkushi, who was a Shafi'i scholar and a Sufi from Nishapur in, in North Iran. And in fact, in his full version of that book, he narrates his many Tafsirs with his chain of Isnad back to ibn Sirin. But because of the abridgment, you just say Ibn Sirin said, Ibn Sirin said. So people, uh, you know, that's, that's where it happened. So it's still an authentic book. It's a good book. It's just not by Ibn Sirin. But we do have authentic narrations about Ibn Sirin's interpretations. And one amazing thing is that um, Western academics have counted the number of books of Ta'bir. It's also called Ta'bir. Ta'bir means to cross over, meaning to, from the symbol to the real meaning. Like ta'wil also means to return to the original meaning. So 
the books of the Tabir written in the first 450 years of Islam, you have as many books of Ta'weel al-Ahadith or Tabir as books of Tafsir al-Quran. Yeah, so we have around 250 different books on this topic. And in the sciences of, um, in any science, fiqh, hadith, everything, you have a genre called tabaqat. Tabaqat is where you give biographical entries on people who are known to do this science, generation after generation, tabaqa after tabaqa. So you have tabaqat al-Hanabila, tabaqat al-Shafi'iyya, tabaqat al-Muhadithin. There is a lost work by someone called al-Hasan al-Khalal called tabaqat al-Mu'abbidin, the, the, the different scholars of dream interpretation where he had biographical entries on 7,500 Mufassirin of Ahlam about whom we know that they used to interpret Most of them are probably like people we already know as something else as Sahaba, as um, ulama of fiqh, etc. but who are known to have interpreted dreams to others. Some were, were, there are authors, early books that are extant of people who were more famous just in particular for dream interpretation. So that just to show you, to give you um, a glimpse of just how, how seriously it was taken. It was actually taken very seriously in the past. Um, and uh, so um, now why I, I mentioned that to me this is important now is because of the hadith in Bukhari and Muslim that on the authority of Abu Hurairah who said, I heard Rasulullah say, and in the narration of Tirmidhi, in the end of time, or in the other narration, when time draws near, the time draws near, the vision, the dream of the Muslim will almost never lie. Almost never lie means it will almost always come true. Or another interpretation is that it will not be in need of interpreting. There will be people, as time of the end draws near, people's dream, the, of the believers' dreams will be more of the type that is in not in need of interpretation, direct. And they say that the dream that is direct is actually from Allah whereas the dream that needs interpretation is from the angels. And we be, uh, Muslims believe traditionally, Allahu A'lam, that there is a particular angel called Siddiqun, uh, whose short task it is to transform concepts, ideas, things that don't have a physical corporeal existence, into images so that we can understand them in the dream. That is how we understand that the Prophet and people like Ahmed bin Hanbal um, saw Allah in the dream. Allah does not have a form, but a form is created in a dream or a symbol or idea is created. Something that is not tangible, the angel turns it into something you can see. Just like on Yom Al-Qiyamah, when death will be brought as a as an animal and it will be slaughtered. So things that don't have that, you know, things that don't have, that are just the meaning are given a physical shape in, in that world, in the barzakh, as well as in the dreams, because the dreams connected to the barzakh. The dreams, in the Quran it says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes our nafs when we sleep, just like he takes our nafs when we die, and if we're meant to stay alive and wake up, our nafs comes back. So, um, uh, it remains the nafs. Uh, the nafs is this, um, basically we have our ruh, our, 
our ruh is, is our, the thing that has always existed of us since Allah created it before our bodies and we have our bodies in order for them to come together this thing that is pure light and this thing that is physical and uh, there's this this the merging creates this life force called the nafs it's our life force and that's the thing that we can either turn it into good or it can either draw towards the bodies or it can be polished and enlightened to be closer to the soul it's somewhere it keeps the soul and body together and it becomes our physical life so this nafs shines out of us when we sleep and it can travel and according to the hadith it can if we sleep upon tahara it can reach um, the throne of Allah and do sujood um, under the throne so it, that, it, that means that it will come back having been incredibly illuminated and so um, um, I said that Rasulullah every Fajr he would ask his Sahaba if they have seen dreams um, this was carried by his Khalifa Abu Bakr Siddiq uh, Imam Bayhaqi narrates to us that every morning after Fajr Abu Bakr Siddiq would ask who had dreams and so that he would interpret and he used to say Imam Bayhaqi also says that Abu Bakr Siddiq used to say to hear a beautiful Bishara given to me from someone who is a Muslim who did Tahara properly and went to sleep and he saw a dream about me is more beloved to me than this and than that so he used to take that seriously um, so so why now is the dream of the believer more likely to not need interpretation towards the end of times more likely to uh, to become true at the end of times that is because um, in that time as one uh, commentator on Sahih Bukhari said, he said, when the time draws near, a lot of knowledge will be taken away. The signs of this religion will start to be erased. There will be fitna and bloodshed and murder everywhere. So that people in that time will might feel alone, might feel like, where do I get my guidance? They might feel almost like the time before prophecy when they were in need of someone to come guide them, give them certainty, give them that sense of, of knowledge and certainty. But as our Messenger ﷺ was the final prophet, um, they were, and there will be no other prophet after him, they were given another fraction of prophecy, a type of prophecy, a fraction of prophecy as a replacement, as something that is a, will, will a source of black tidings or a warning for them. That is the commentary of Ibn Battal, who was one of the earliest, earliest commentators on on, on Bukhari and he wrote commentaries on other books and also Ibn Abi Jamra and Andalusian uh, Sheikh and commentator on Sahih Bukhari said it means, yeah he said that what it means is that the dreams will come in a way that doesn't need interpretation why? because in that time the believer will be like a, like a stranger as in the hadith that says Islam has become a stranger and will return a stranger so the mu'min will have less people to give him comfort, less people to give him um, support, less pe people to give him glad tidings and give him inspiration. And so he would be honored with a truthful dream for preserving his iman. And uh, and I also like to say, I, I want to see, uh, here's my point, just to make sure of the time. Um, and uh, finally, uh, I, when I talk about dreams here, I... You know, some people when they say, you know, they're wary about people putting too much emphasis on dreams because they're thinking maybe of the wrong type of dreams. You know, we have people who worry so much about 
who hates them and who loves them and who's going to harm them and who's going to, you know, um, and these kinds of dreams about this and that and, and seeing snakes and seeing that, that's, that, that could be a, you know, a sign of warning for you, but that's not what I, I intend here myself. I intend here, when I talk about the importance of dreams, sometimes a dream can help you know that you're doing something wrong, so stop doing it. This is not right. Or a dream can be a dream of our Prophet And that is something that we should seek and we should strive for. We should make it a goal that we want to see him And he assured us in many a hadith, he who has seen me has truly seen me for shaitan cannot take my form. So whoever sees him that that is a true dream and he is alive in the other realm, in the barzakh, which is the barzakh very realm that we access in our sleep. And all schools of Aqidah, whether it's the Maturidi or the Ash'ari or the Athari, say that he, وسلم, even though he has passed away, his role as a prophet has not ended. And his role as a messenger has not ended. And that's something they made very clear. He وسلم, is now a messenger and he وسلم, is now a prophet. Meaning he is a prophet to every one of us. And he وسلم, is a messenger to every one of us. He can come to us and give us glad tidings, he can come to us and give us um, guidance. And in seeing him is a great bishara and hope for our future in the next life. And so it is, that's the kind of dream we're talking about, striving to, um, to, to get closer to Allah's Messenger وسلم, striving to reach a state where we are if we have in need of guidance, we can see guidance. If we do istikhara, doesn't, istikhara doesn't necessarily mean to have a dream, but it's the one way sometimes you get an answer through dreams. So, so it is something to, to, to believe in, because if you believe in, you benefit from it. And if you, it's something that is a consolation and a guidance for believers in, in difficult times, any difficult time. Uh, it's not necessarily only in the end times, but when the times are difficult for Muslims, it could be for them individually a source of guidance. Now, they, some say there's a wisdom in him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, saying that dreams are a portion of prophecy. He didn't say a portion of risala. He said nubuwa. The wisdom in that is that a prophet is someone who receives guidance from Allah, but he doesn't necessarily, is not necessarily commanded to go and preach. Risala is someone who's commanded to go and preach a message. So a dream is something for you. It's not for you to go and say, I, I tell you all, I saw Rasulullah telling me to tell all of you to do this, you know. And unfortunately you see messages today being forwarded by people saying, oh, Sheikh so and so, so Rasulullah, and he said, tell my ummah this, and tell, you know, like that, 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 when I see that, Allah alam, I don't, I don't know if it's truthful or not, but that, it's usually for us. It could be something like to, uh, that, or it could be for others, for someone that the Prophet ﷺ, the, the ru'ya shown to the believer or shown to someone else for his sake. Mm. So, there's a lot more I can say about dreams um, and I don't know where to go from here and I will leave the last 10 minutes for you to ask me if I know the answer, I, I will answer. If I don't know the, the answer, I will not answer. So, things to do with interpretation or anything or uh, this topic. Could you just uh, explain what, what's the difference between uh, rope and nafs? Have you done the same thing? So the, like I, I mean, the, that's a big debate. Mm -hmm. Are they the same thing with different names? 
for the, for a different aspect of it. If it's this, it's a ruh. If it's a <coughs> other people say no, there are two separate things. So they say the ruh is is that thing that has always been there that Allah created you as a as a ruh way before He created your body, and then He created your body, and that ruh was blown into your body. Now you need something to bind the two together. That that merging of that nur of the the ruh and the body, they're very different from each other. You need something in between that has properties of the body, properties of the ruh. And so that is the nafs. It's something that has a proper that, that's at least the interpretation I'm more convinced by. It's something in between, in between that has some properties of both so that like a barzakh that they can unite. And that's the thing that makes you conscious. It's something that by having the body and the ruh in one, it's the thing that can either gravitate towards the good, towards the ruh, the ruh wants to pull you upwards. Or gravitate towards the body, which is from the earth, it wants to pull you downwards. So the more you feed your body with what it desires, you're dragging yourself down spiritually. Your nafs. And the more you feed your soul, it's pulling on your nafs upward. And you're, and that's why in the Quran, some people have taken from the Quran what they call the seven levels of the nafs. So the first is the, the nafs that al-ammara that commands you to evil. And that's mentioned in Surah Yusuf. And then al-nafs al-lawama is when you start to blame yourself and regret what you used to do and blame yourself every time you do something wrong. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swears by that nafs in the Quran because it's something great. It's a great, amazing step to start to, to reach that level where you, 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 you want to do good. And that's, and, and, and it's difficult for you, but you want it. And that's why it's so great that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swears by it. And then you progress al-nafs al-mulhama. They take it from the ayah that says, Allah inspired it, it's good and it's bad. The nafs, he created it and shaped it and gave it the good and the bad. It taught it the good and the bad. And so one day, nafs al-mutma'inna, So they take from these ayahs um, seven degrees of the nafs through which you, you, you raise yourself spiritually. Um, and, and so it's the, the ruh is always perfect. That's according to my understanding. The ruh is something always perfect, untouchable. Mm-hmm. The, the body is something that is the body. So the nafs is that, that thing in between that can either go this way or that way. So you need to mm-hmm. be careful which, which side of it you feed more. And uh, that's Allah Ala, my interpretation. My understanding, not my, this is the one I'm convinced by the most. Could I tell you that very There's been a lot of There's been a lot of scientific research. And uh, when we're in deep sleep, mm. like the rapid eye movements, the dreams are more intense. Mm. And if you wake up mm. uh, after rapid eye, it will be remembered better. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, uh, and then there are different types of dream, mm. dreams at, at different stages of sleep, you know. Mm. Right? Um, so, you know, dreams are affected by everyday events. You have nightmares, yeah. uh, you know, um, and, and it varies with age. Uh, you get less dreams as you get older. Yeah. Um, and you get this nightmares. Mm-hmm. If your dreams are this this frequent, your your dream probably is a function of memory. So um, I'm not sure how this scientific research into the you know the impact of aging on dreams, the impact of sleep mm-hmm. on dreams, that should be relevant to our understanding of dreams. Yeah. Shouldn't be <coughs> yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for reminding me. Actually, what I should have said is that in, um, there's a statement attributed to uh, 
in, in Bukhari it's attributed to Ibn Sirin. In Sahih Muslim and others, they say it might have been the Prophet Sallallahu who said it, but we're not sure. It could have been Abu Huraira or Ibn Sirin, because we're not sure who in the chain said this statement. That, there's also, um, so the dream can be something from Allah, can be uh, something from Shaitan, and it could be the dream of the nafs, the dream of you based on your experiences, your daily experiences. So this is the dream that is affected by these um, uh, factors. I know if I take zinc before I go to sleep, I will have very vivid dreams, but normal dreams. Not that it's not going to increase my chance of seeing Rasulullah in my dream if I take zinc, but I know that it will affect my. I can, it's very tangible for me. So, um, so yes, that's the kind of dream that is affected. Whereas the spiritual dream is more to do with the perhaps the our need. When we need it, we are shown it. Or the level of nur in our heart. Some people say, one of my teachers said, before you go, to, make sure you don't eat two hours before sleep, so that your body your, doesn't weigh you down. Um, if you've eaten, go out for a walk. Do istighfar, do the dhikrs of, in the sunnah before sleep, the dhikrs of, of going to bed. Make sure you um, haven't harmed an animal or an insect on that day. That way, um, you're more likely to uh, make sure you are pure and in a pure place. That will make it more likely for you to have that other, the real kind of dream. And you can tell the difference. Uh, yes, I don't always, I don't have always the ability to tell the difference. Sometimes I have that, but sometimes it's very clear for me that this was just a normal dream and this was not. And the normal dream can be long and go on and have a mixture of that. The real dream is usually very short, very crisp, clear, though it can also be affected. So there can be something in the background that doesn't make sense. And you think to yourself, oh, maybe that was just a normal dream. But my belief is that, if, for example, any time that you have seen the Prophet Sallallahu or another Prophet, though it's not mentioned in the Hadith, only, the, only we know for sure based on the evidence and the Hadith about him Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. If you see, have seen him, you have truly seen him. But I believe based on what my teachers have told me, based on um, what convinces me that also the Prophets and also the righteous of this Ummah that well, yeah, if you have seen them in a dream, then you have definitely seen them. So if you have seen something in the background that makes you, you know that it's, it's possible for the background images to affect, but that the true core of the message is still there. And um, sometimes the clarity of the dream depends on the clarity of our heart. So sometimes the, the reason we don't see something clearly to do with Rasulullah or, or one of the righteous is to show up because of a defect in our mirror. Or... Um, Sometimes it's a message for us to tell us that there's something. For example, they say if you see him وسلم, without a beard, it's to tell you that you need to be more of a man spiritually. You need to do something better. You, you're being lazy with this or with that. So the beard signifies strength on the path to Allah. So um, it's to tell you, you know, you used to, you used to do better than this and now you need to you know. So sometimes that, that, that imperfection is a message for you. Um, and that's a, a big topic as well. Um, so, any, any more questions? Uh, scientifically, yeah, the the length of the dream mm. is, is determined by the stage of sleep that yeah. you have. Yeah. So, and uh, you know, it, so don't we have to take that into account also? That's um, no, but it's it's not just like you you can tell the difference. It's not just about the length, but the length is one indication. The clarity is one indication, but also the content and the, the coher how coherent it is can be an indication. But the surest indication, if it includes 
something to do, something of righteousness, something to do with one of the pious messengers or, or the righteous, then that is um, a clear indication of the truthfulness of the dream. Um, whereas, so it's something that you learn with experience. The more you have dreams, would you, would you like to, I know because it's something like ask would you like to share some of your nice dreams? Would you like to share with us uh, something? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, just, I don't want to embarrass you, but I mean, if, if you feel like, if you're allowed to, um, any, any shots of dreams? That I agree with you because then you have a nice dream, it yeah. feel wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I'm not sure if I'd like to share any. Um, but I, but I recently had a dream that had a message for me and it was symbolic mm -hmm. but the symbol was something I had heard the interpretation of before so it was easy for me to understand and uh, it was to warn me you know not to do something so that's the kind of thing I was saying is, is the kind of you know dream to, to care about more than what a lot of people now care about uh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah so um, maybe you should mention the dream you had about um, we were very happy because we were finding some scholars to ask them to like Sarah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's because the uh, my, my maybe that is even with the actual interpretation, because I, I agree more because it's it's it's, it's, it's a nice dream because mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not very good at remembering dreams and uh, the one I got the distracted before in the dream because there was. There was some gathering, and uh, it was some suggestion of marriage that before done. And it was, I saw the dream when I was coming to Timber, maybe related to to like people that I was supposed to have discussion with an effort to write the book of Sirah on two female ladies. Because Archie Sadiq and his father, the brother, in England, in a certain habitat. There's someone who's begging me to write a seerah and say the Fatima, but I just I wish I had the time. I wish I had the time. I'm probably the right person. Just a question. Um, I realize that some people tend to have more dreams which are kind of like um premonition of mm. dreams, things that you know. Or they even dream on behalf of other, not on behalf of other people, but they dream about about that particular yeah. person. Yeah. And uh, whereas some people just don't have dreams, yeah. I mean, or yeah. even if they can dream, they wake up, they, they don't remember anything. Yeah. Um, is there any particular um, type of person who gets dreams? Would, you, would it be considered a gift for some versus others, <coughs> for example? Um. I don't know if it's associated with a type of person uh, as much as um, it's possible. It's possible, yeah. Or uh, I mean, I don't know. Um, I hope that, uh, like I said, some people have recommendations of how to not block it by, you know, uh, cleaning the room and being in tahara and not eating just before sleep and doing the askar and the sunnah. And you can ask. Uh, some people ask, uh, there's a dua to say, Ya Allah, sh I ask you to show me a truthful dream and that I remember it. Wow. Um, and, and the first time I tried it, it worked. Now, I, not every time I try it, it works, but the first time I tried it, it worked. Um, so, uh, but it, works, it worked a lot of times for me. Um, 
it's a very helpful book, but the word was mentioning, yeah. the mind field as a psychiatry, and yeah. what, what he was referring to, because I think 30 to 40% of sleep, mm. we spend dreaming. Mm. And I think you're right. Mm. Today I was reading a commentary by uh, Ibn Abi Jamrah, who is very not, well known as, um, he, he wrote a commentary on Sahih Bukhari as a, as a guide to spiritual progress. He used Sahih Bukhari as his map for teaching about spiritual progress, a very popular book, quoted very often by Ibn Hajar and Hisat Al-Bari and uh, everyone, and all those who came after him, a uh, very respected man. And he, he, he said that some of the people, pious people have said every single thing that you will receive in this dunya, you will see in the dream, you're, those who remember, remember, those who don't remember, don't remember. So well, yeah. the soul can travel when you're sleeping, that the nafs travels and can see the past or the future can meet the the, the spirits of other people. Um, can be meetings. Mm. Uh, so yeah. So um, I, I guess do the curious fire. Don't bog it down with food and um, ask Allah sometimes for it. And uh, sometimes it's just a matter of who needs it. Some people need it more. Some people might not need it. So they're fine as it is. That's good. That's what you said. That you need to ask for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's something. I, yeah. You mentioned there was a du'a. What was the du'a? That du'a? Um, oh Allah, show me a truthful dream and allow me to remember it. Is this a du'a from the Hadith? This is a du'a men- mentioned in very early books. And I don't remember if it's in the Hadith, but I think it's something that's mentioned um, very early on in Islamic so what, books. Do you know the Arabic form? If I remember it cor- correctly, Allahumma arimi ru'yatan. Salihatan tayyibatan wa dhakirniha wa la tunsiniha and allow me to remember it and to not forget it. Um, but I don't, because it's not Quran or Hadith, I don't necessarily think it needs to be done in Arabic. But if you want me to write it down for you, I could. Um, also, before we go, um, like I said, dreams are, have been considered a very serious business. Um, and so our Prophet said, share your dream with someone who loves you. Uh, or someone to interpret it because you don't want to share it with someone who will be jealous of you either because it can if it's a bushra or black tidings it can simply create jealousy and they may, uh, in one of the books of uh, hadith it's narrated that someone came to Rasulullah <coughs> and in front of everyone he said I dreamt of this sahabi being weighed against this sahabi and this sahabi was greater and the, you know and so Rasulullah was very angry and so for a while he stopped asking people about the dreams and then he resumed so uh, he was not happy. So anything that can create jealousy, or also the interpretation can affect the outcome. And if I, I don't know, I don't think, do I have time? Or? Do we need to talk more? Two minutes, two minutes. Okay, so here's something very interesting. If you read um, in, in surah, the tafsir of Surah Yusuf, not only Muslims can have dreams, the Pharaoh had a dream, right? The king had a dream. And the two people in jail, the criminals, had dreams. Mm. Now, Pharaoh was not a particularly pious man, he was even Muslim. He had a dream and it was a truthful dream about the future. Right? The two criminals, according to the artwork of the Quran, they had a dream. But Imam Tabari narrates with multiple, multiple things. He said all the scholars are agreed on this, that as Ibn Mas'ud said, they lied. They didn't actually have a dream. Ah. Which is really interesting. They lied, very interesting. 
And they came and they they heard that this man can interpret dreams. They said, let's test him. So they made up something and they lied. And then after he gave them the interpretation, they said, we were only testing you. We lied. So he said, as it, uh, it, it has now been interpreted and it will come as it will has been said. So it affected the outcome even though it wasn't supposed to be that way. So that's why they say be very careful with interpreting dreams. Because they, their fate, you know, was written by the way according to the lie. And uh, Ibn Sirin, someone came to him, someone told me by the way, one of my teachers, I had a dream about a cup of water. Um, and he said to me, water symbolizes, uh, can symbolize a child, uh, that you're going to have a child. And so it hap- I, I happened to come across this, someone came to Ibn Sirin. He said, I dreamt that I was carrying on my back a cup of water and the cup broke and the water remained. But remained as it is, but the cup broke. Ibn Sirin said to him, you're lying, you didn't have such a dream. So the man, he was lying, but he insisted. He said, he was testing Ibn Sirin. He said, no, I had that dream. So Ibn Sirin said, subhanAllah, because you insist and I have, I will give you the interpretation and it will come be, it will come to be as I said. He said, your wife is going to die giving birth to a child. So, so be careful with like, uh, you know, not, it's not something like Imam Malik said. This is prophecy. It's not to be messed around with. Um, and so, uh, there's, you know, there's things out there that can affect the words of the dream. The words of the interpreter, if he's a pious person, can affect the outcome. Just like, the Prophet ﷺ said, if you see a dream that you don't like, you do a'udhu billah mishtan rajim and you spit on your left. So this, you're taking the nur of a'udhu billah from the isti'adha, asking Allah refuge, that statement that you made, that nur now in your mouth, you spit it to your left and it repels it. And it's also, bad dreams are not, if you have a bad dream, don't tell it to anyone, don't tell it to an interpreter. Ibn, Ibn Sirin used to always tell people, if they come with a bad dream, he'd say, stay quiet, he'd say, piety in the day will protect you from what you see in the night. So uh, a scary dream is something to warn you, to become better. Don't it, worry and obsess about it, something's going to happen to me. Do what is in the sunnah and, and uh, do the actions given us by Rasulullah which shows us that our actions have an effect. And then trust in Allah that I'm going to do, be a better person and inshallah that will lead to a better outcome. There's so much more about this topic, so it's a short time, so forgive me.